Thanks so much to Grammarly for supporting the Apple Bits XL podcast. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to Grammarly.com slash AppleBits with a Z to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Brian's on here holding it down for you. And this is all about really the big stories that matter each week. If you're an Apple fan, we also talk about other tech as well. But really, this is focusing about that Apple life. This is episode 65, and you guys and gals are all a part of this show. Guess what? I've been teasing it for a month to call in in our hotline. But you know what? Everyone is really using the voicemail feature, which sounds so much better. So we're closing down the the 833 number that is gone now if you want to call in with your name your number your thoughts your questions your comments applebitsshow at gmail.com that's applebits with a z send it right through and the audio quality sounds better and you all are really just using it more so that's what we're going to go with moving forward also if you want a completely ad free version of the show you can support it at patreon.com slash Tong. No ads whatsoever. Support starts at $2 a month, goes up to $5 if you think what I'm giving you is worth a cup of coffee. All the way up to $100, we have special tiers, different bonuses, and access to content depending on your level. So thank you so much for supporting it. Patreon.com slash Tong as I continue to grind and do this independently. All right, let's get to the big story of the week. This just happened. Apple has their quarterly earnings report. We know that they've really changed over from giving us detailed information about exact units sold for iPhones, iPads, wearables, Macs. That no longer happens. But the overall big numbers they're going to give us and then talk about some of the trends now. Apple reports that their second quarter of 2019, this is their second fiscal quarter, Really, the calendar quarter would be the first one, which is January to March. So this is the second fiscal quarter. The results are in with a $11.56 billion profit on $58 billion of revenue. And it's really all about the services. Now, here's what Apple had to say. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, says, Our March quarter results show the continued strength of our installed base of over 1.4 billion active devices. We set an all-time record for services and the strong momentum of our wearables, home, and accessories category, which set a new March quarter record. We delivered our strongest iPad growth in six years, and we're excited about our pipeline of innovation, hardware, software, and services, blah, 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 coming to Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference in June. So here's some of kind of the more specific stats. A blockbuster quarter for iPad with revenue up 22% from a year ago, This is the highest iPad revenue growth rate in six years because, remember, they came out with new innovative products in a new form factor, although iOS 13 is really where I want to see some big changes with the iPad, but the hardware obviously drives growth. We saw it there, the largest growth in six years for the iPad. Wearables growth was near 50%. They say this category is about the size of a Fortune 200 business now. And again, we don't know specific numbers. They're just giving us broad growth numbers. So people have to kind of break down and parse it out. This news just dropped today. 
the Apple Watch is the best-selling smartwatch in the world. Three-fourths of purchases going to customers who have never owned an Apple Watch. 75% of purchases are going to customers who've never owned an Apple Watch. And I've told you, and I've touted it, how it is one of their best devices. AirPods demand is off the charts, and Apple is working to catch up. And when Apple says that AirPods demand is off the charts, there was a story last week that Apple could launch new AirPods, like AirPods 3, really the true revision of AirPods in 2019. When I hear that, that statement right there, that tells me that is not going to happen. It's not going to happen this year. So early 2020 was really what I felt would be more appropriate. It might even be longer now, but when you hear that, that the demand is off the charts and Apple's working to catch up from Apple themselves, we're not going to see a new AirPods in 2019. And we honestly shouldn't. We talk about their services, which is really the big impact that made a difference here. It is their best quarter ever for services. 16% year-over-year increase, double-digit revenue growth across the App Store, iCloud, Apple Pay, Apple Care, and more. Services accounted for 20% of their March quarter revenue and about one-third of gross profit dollars. So, you know, Apple's been putting a focus on this, and we still haven't hit really the impact or we'll find out how big of the impact is of Apple TV Plus and Apple News Plus as well. There are over 390 plus paid subscriptions across their services portfolio, 390 million plus, an increase of 30 million quarter over quarter, not from a year ago, quarter over quarter. They've increased in those three months, 30 million subscribers. And then if you compare that to a year ago, they're talking about an increase of 120 million subscribers. A lot of that is going to be driven by Apple Music until we see what their TV service does. Apple also says that they expect paid subscriptions to surpass 500 million during 2020. They're at 390 million right now, roughly 500 million in 2020. So good news across the board for them, other than the fact that the big thing that we didn't hear much positive news was about the iPhone. And there's been a couple reports that have come out to show just how much the iPhone has slowed down. There's a recent report from Canalis who broke down iPhone sales in China that were estimated to be down 30%, which is a big chunk in the first quarter of 2019. Basically, Apple lost a big fat chunk of their market share overseas in China. Roughly 30% of it dropped Now, who picked up the slack there? Huawei dominated the Chinese smartphone market to take a 34% share. So as Apple dropped, Huawei bumped up. Then we had another report from IDC specifically about Apple shipments of iPhones worldwide in the first quarter of 2019. They report a 30% year-over-year decline as well. People aren't upgrading as much. Apple's not making it compelling enough. And what we've been talking about is now actually being shown in the sales numbers. Now, this is what Tim Cook had to say. I'm going to try and paraphrase this because it's a long statement, but he was giving reasons why iPhones have not been selling as much. He says, we're seeing in the iPhone space, we saw a better year-over-year performance in the last weeks of the quarter compared to the full quarter and versus November, December. I think there's a set of reasons for this. One, we made some price adjustments essentially backing out the weaker currency effect and then some. Uh, There's stimulus programs that the government has executed 
Three, he says their trading and financing programs that have been implemented and their stores have been well-received there. Remember all those crazy promos they've been showing off like, oh, get an iPhone XR if you trade in your phone for a few hundred dollars, where we had never seen that before from Apple. And that is quite honestly a sign of desperation for them to just drive unit sales. Tim Cook says he's happy with the results to date. And the fourth thing that kind of has affected them, an improved trade dialogue between the US and China. So from his point of view, things are moving in a positive way, but he fails to, and he will never acknowledge the fact that it just wasn't an innovative enough product that was compelling enough for people to upgrade. And people are now, start, trends are starting to show that people are upgrading their phones. Now, it might be kind of swinging more than two years, two and a half years to three years. You got to bring it if you want us to buy it. So Apple sales down there was specifically with the iPhone, but overall, their bread and butter subscription services, and they're going to generate a whole lot more revenue because once the system is in place, it's a large majority of profit going to them. They're not dealing with manufacturing. They're not dealing with building hardware and selling hardware. They're going to make more money on their services in general. All right, so we have kind of that wrap-up of their quarterly earnings. We also have some follow-up with their Qualcomm deal. A lot of people are kind of trying to figure out how much did this Qualcomm deal and Apple settlement go for? Well, according to Qualcomm's owns earnings release, they shared details on the amount of revenue that they're going to be receiving in this coming quarter as part of its settlement with Apple. And Axios reported that Qualcomm will record $4.5 to $4.7 billion in revenue from the Apple settlement, which includes a straight up a cash payment from Apple and then the release of related liabilities. Now, remember, this was a surprise announcement that happened, I believe now a couple weeks ago, they dropped all lawsuits against one another. Apple at the time said the settlement included a payment um, both companies declined to provide the specific details, but now we know that based on Qualcomm's reported earnings. The other part of this is that Apple's deal with Qualcomm that they settled on also includes a direct six-year licensing agreement and multi-year chipset supply agreement. So we'll basically be seeing Qualcomm supplying their modem chips to Apple for the foreseeable future over the next six years. It won't be for 4G LTE chips anytime soon because they're still locked and loaded with Intel on that. But when we talk about the 2020 iPhone, which is kind of important, you hear all about that. That is definitely uh, going to be a Qualcomm 5G modem. All right. Thanks to Grammarly for supporting our podcast. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top pros, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. Now, Grammarly, if you don't know, it's a writing assistant that makes you look and sound smarter. So you can start off this year by improving yourself and your communication at school, work, and almost anywhere else with Grammarly. It's available across platforms, including your online browser extension, a desktop editor, and a mobile keyboard checker. Some of the key features, well, Grammarly is available on multiple browsers, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, and all platforms, iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, and the free product reviews critical spelling and grammar. Now, the premium version of Grammarly looks out for spelling, grammar, plus advanced punctuation structure, style with context, vocabulary suggestions, conciseness, and readability for different occasions, whether it's a business proposal or academic essay. And trust me, I know I need all of the above. 
Now, you can stop making email typos on your phone, close more deals at work this year with your emails, and polish your resume to get that new job. Grammarly is going to help you accomplish that. Now, I actually installed the plugin on my browser, and what I found, which was awesome, is it literally worked instantly, whether it was um, with my email client, on Twitter, on um, on YouTube comments. Like Grammarly, they underlined the stuff that clearly wasn't grammatically correct and uh, suggested the other solutions. So think of like a spell check with grammar check on steroids. That's really what Grammarly is. So you also have the premium account, and there's some cool things in there. Punctuation and contextual spell checker was cool. There's also plagiarism detection. So you can't really get away with copying that report and it still works across the web. So go to Grammarly.com slash AppleBits to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash AppleBits with a Z for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. All right, in more news This is kind of in the streaming world, but it still does affect Apple users. I don't know if you heard of this, but Netflix announced today that it's taking their sound quality to another level, which what they're calling, okay, get ready for this, high quality audio. Now, this is going to deliver sound, audios and sounds that is closer to what the creators intended to hear. So you're going to get more detail, a richer, more intense, and more immersive experience. I know those are buzzwords, but what they found specifically is that Right, one of the flagship shows from the Duffer Brothers, Stranger Things. You know, we love that show. The audio quality wasn't really the greatest. It sounded a little flat. It wasn't as specific. They were they were saying like, "Hey, can we do anything about this?" This has also affected other, you know, properties and other movies and shows that are on there because we know that Netflix has added support for Dolby Atmos on the Apple TV 4K, but this update kind of even enhances that audio quality. Now, they, they know that most devices support either 5.1 audio or Dolby Atmos. So here's how they're going to break it down. And this will, this new high audio quality is adaptive based on your bandwidth limitations. You're still, you're just going to get the best audio quality possible from this. Now, the majority of people will be getting 5.1 audio depending on your bandwidth, at least at the minimum, 192 kilobits per second up to 640 kilobits per second. Dolby Atmos is 448 kilobits up to 768 kilobits per second. Now, the key thing about getting Dolby Atmos quality level, or I guess this high quality audio level, is available for members subscribed to the premium plan. So if you are one of those people, and you know I've always been all about that Dolby sound, that Dolby Atmos sound specifically, you do need to have the premium tier plan to get that. If you're an Apple TV 4K user, probably worth the well-added cost if you have a sound system that supports that as well. There's plenty of sound bars out there that are really good for Dolby Atmos that are around, they do cost around $1,000-ish if you really want a good Dolby Atmos sound system or you can kind of build one. It took me years to kind of build up one, but uh, once you get it, mm, mm, it is hard to go back. Netflix put out a video if you want to check it out on their YouTube page just talking about how they address this, but Better sound is always a good thing, and I'm glad they're doing this, and I think most people probably didn't notice, but when you're when you're trying to be a competitive streaming service platform, now that you know Disney Plus is out there, now that you know Apple TV Plus is coming, you got you got to raise your game. You got to step it up, so good to see Netflix doing that, and if you have an Apple TV 4K, you're going to benefit from that. Also, Apple TV channels, 
you know, you can um, subscribe directly to specific channels, not every channel, but subscription services like HBO, Stars, Showtime. That's going to be part of this Apple TV app, this new revamped one. We've actually already, if you are have access to the developer or public beta, they just released the fourth version of twelve iOS 12.3 that includes the latest version of the TV app. It looks really nice. It's a lot more visual. It's a lot better organized. But one of the aspects you can do is subscribe directly to these paid channels. And then what's cool is that instead of you jumping out of the app to use them, if you want to watch a series like Game of Thrones or Veep or Insecure, you can actually watch it directly in the TV app. Now, I don't know how much of a big deal that is, but here's what's cool. With this new subscription Apple TV app feature with channels, HBO specifically is going to add support for offline viewing, and you'll also be able to sign up for a one-week trial. Now, the standalone HBO Now is, what, roughly $15 per month? There's also HBO Go, which is kind of bundled if you are already on a cable provider and you get HBO through them. So that would be, like, for example, Xfinity or Spectrum, and you get the HBO plan you log in and you get that HBO content on the go. But here, the implementation of HBO specifically with Apple TV channels is because it's also that content is hosted and streamed by Apple itself. You're going to be able to download and view episodes of HBO offline. You can't do that if you're an HBO Now subscriber uh, with the Apple TV channels. You need to basically get off of that Subscribe specifically to HBO Now directly through Apple TV channels, and then you can access that feature. I think it's kind of compelling because I'll tell you right now, someone who's on the go and traveling and on flights, if you're paying the same exact amount, you're watching HBO Now on all these different devices, and then you want to take it with you on your flight, that's that's compelling. So maybe this is kind of one of those little hooks that Apple has to get. You got to really be nerdy about this and care, but I know you all do to get people to switch over from their HBO Now subscription to doing it directly through the Apple TV channels feature in the Apple TV app. Did that make sense? Yeah. Apple's TV app, which is on all their devices, and then there's a section called channels within the TV app that you have to use to subscribe to these pay-per-view channels. Yeah. Hopefully, I said that slow enough so it makes sense. Also in the Apple world, the PowerBeats Pro pre-orders will begin on May 3rd ahead of the May 10th launch. This was just announced. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be awake. I'm excited about these headphones. Uh, the AirPods 2, they're all right, but I, you know, I want, I'm you know, someone who works out and is active. I've always been a fan of the PowerBeats, so they have officially announced that they will be on pre-order at 7 a.m. Pacific time on May 3rd in the U.S. and Canada. They'll be available in-store Friday, May 10th. There's so many benefits. It already has all of the tech that you can find in the AirPods 2. It has a wireless over-ear design. You can obviously use the uh, Siri voice activation without touching the headphones as well. Um, you know, you have full playback control. They're sweat-proof. Historically, Power Beats have always sounded better than AirPods. They just have a fuller sound and a nine hours of listening time per charge. So... They have their own case as well. They are $249. It's not cheap, but just in case you all were interested in that, I'm definitely going to review those bad boys. I'm very curious to see 
how they stack up. We got the Samsung Buds, we have the AirPods too, and now we have the PowerBeats Pro. I think those are going to be really interesting uh, just facing them off because I think they all excel in different ways. Also, we talked about Johnny Ive and his team losing three people from the industrial design team from Apple. Well, another veteran is leaving their team as well. This was just reported by Dezine. Apple's Miklu Silvanto is leaving their team now after eight years on a Johnny Ive to go to Airbnb. And I find this interesting because Silvanto, who is leaving Apple, put out a quote and he said, okay, Airbnb's design studio is called Samara. So his quote was, Samara has a huge ambition that will be very difficult to carry out. It's exactly the kind of big, crazy gamble that these companies should be taking. The nature of the work, the creative approach we're taking make me optimistic for the future. And I hear that quote and I see that quote and I'm like, wow, that's what people used to say about Apple or should be saying about it. And for him to leave Apple to go to Airbnb? I mean, what are they designing? Are they designing specific location, like a designed by Airbnb uh, rooms or places to stay? I don't know. But I would feel like maybe he's just tired of being at Apple and making the same stuff. I just think that I would... I'm just an outsider looking in. Apple seems like a would be more fun to work at for industrial design than Airbnb. But that's just me. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Um, and a little news to rest in peace or RIP. Apple says Aperture won't run in future macOS versions after Mojave. Aperture, let's be real, they ceased development of it in 2014. They removed the software from the Mac App Store. A lot of people weren't too happy about that because after the launch of the Photos app for the Mac, they're like, yeah, people can use that instead. And it's like, oh, great, just watering down our software more. The app still works and functions on macOS Mojave, but this is the last operating system it will support. So officially, officially, RIP Aperture after Mojave. And then Apple has added the eight-year-old iPad 2 model to vintage and obsolete products list. I know people that are still using the iPad 2. That's how ridiculously good the iPad has been for all this time. Apple defines vintage products as those that have not been manufactured for more than five years, but less than seven. So these are devices that are on the list are no longer no longer eligible for service at the Genius Bar So, uh, yeah, RIP iPad 2 as well. All right, let's uh, jump into those calls. I will tell you every single one of our calls today comes to us via voice memo. So if you want to be part of the show, this show is yours just as much as it is mine. I love hearing from you. I think we got some cool insights and questions. All you have to do is email applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Use your voice memos app on your phone, real easy, send it right through, great audio quality, and uh, here we go, all right? Let's start off with our first call. This is David calling in, and he wants to talk a little bit about streaming. Hey, Brian, this is David from San Antonio again, giving you another call back week after week. Hey, you know, I was just curious, after listening to your response last week, uh, what, you know, Apple is, we've already talked about this, Apple's really late to the streaming service. Um, as far as making their own channels, making their own content, um, they have a lot of ground they need to make up. But you know, with recently with the Disney Plus, and if you, there are a couple of videos on YouTube talking about 
with all these companies making their own streaming services, they're going to end up destroying the entire streaming market with, you know, Disney coming out with theirs, Apple coming out with theirs. Uh, I think I remember seeing Paramount coming out with their own. It's just going to be oversaturated. And at that point, we're going to be paying easily 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month for all these different streaming services when we only watch one or two different things on each service. Um, so then people are going to have to pick and choose what they really, really want. Um, what if Apple were to buy, uh, let's say, like Netflix or some other bigger company where they can bring in a bigger studio and have a bigger studio budget? Uh, let me know what you think on that. Uh, keep up the great work. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, David. And, yes, David is really like a, a constant in our show. And you ask great stuff and bring up great topics. So let's just jump into Apple, Netflix. We've heard about these rumors for a while that Apple should just buy Netflix. But Apple won't buy Netflix, not yet. They want to try and beat Netflix. And I know over at Cupertino, because it's Apple, they really think they can. And I'm going to tell you right now, because they haven't given us a release date, they haven't even told us which shows are going to be on there, and they did that little you know, show and tell at their last keynote. I look at all the content on Netflix, and I'm like, how are you going to compete with that? I look at Disney+, Plus, which has already taken priority to me over Apple TV+. Plus. How are you going to compete with that? You're right. It's going to be completely muddy, but this is what always happens. This is a land grab right now. We know that Netflix is the leader in the game, but you still have Hulu. You still have Prime Video. I'm curious to see where Apple falls even amongst those guys. Where will they fall in the rankings? Because it'll no matter what, it always comes down to content, not just one show, but we're talking about two or three or four shows. And something tells me that when Apple launches Apple TV+, Plus, it might only launch four or five shows in the first year and uh you're telling me that all of those are going to be hits that are going to make us have to get apple tv plus i don't think so but it always figures itself out you're gonna have a bunch of com- a lot of competition which makes it good but we're gonna end up ultimately getting down to what let's say five or six and then there's really going to be two or three at the top tier that everyone is going to have we'll see I'm not shooting them down yet, but we'll see where Apple ends up. And they've really got to invest more money because the last number that was thrown around, I know Netflix had invested somewhere around 5 to $6 billion in content. I think that was last year. I'm sure they put down more for this year. So we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know if Apple would really... They have the cash to do it. But in a way, I don't want to see Apple... I don't really want to see Apple take up Netflix. I don't. And you can even see Disney, who has typically been a friend with Apple. They're like, "Mm, no, we're going to go right for the jugular. We're going to take you head on. We're going to take your customers that you thought you're going to have because our content's better. And we're and we're Disney, yo. So I think Apple has a lot of work to do. All right. Next up, we've got a call from Kenny. What's happening, Brian? This is Kenny calling from the D. And for you West Coast listeners out there, that's Detroit. Um, I got two quick things for you. Number one, it seems like you're pretty high on the Apple Watch where you're not quite there with the AirPods. And I actually have the opposite opinion. I've really been satisfied with the AirPods, uh, the first generation, and I use them all day, every day. Uh, Whereas my Apple Watch, I bought a Series 4 cellular version, and I have not found it to be very compelling or essential. And I'm actually trying to sell it to get some of that money back. Um, those are just my thoughts as a longtime fan and customer of this company, as well as uh, a fan of the co- your coverage of this company. Um, second thing, get your Bad Apple scream sound effect ready. 
I just got back from the Genius Bar. My 2017 MacBook MacBook 10-inch model uh, is dead. One day I found it unresponsive. I brought it in. They told me it's dead. They cannot find the reason why. And the only option is to send it to them and pay them 60-70% of the original price in order to repair it, which ain't happening. Um, and so to me, that's just completely unacceptable. Um, this machine was supposed to replace my 2009 MacBook Pro, which, by the way, still works. <laughs> and I just want to know if you if that's more of me buying a bad product and being a dumbass and not getting Apple Care, or if that is indicative of a decline in their product quality, being that this the first model I had lasted 10 years, still going, and this new one didn't even last a year and a half, and it's dead. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you got recommendations for one of their laptops that isn't going to cost me an arm and a leg, has USB-C, and isn't going to die on me right away, I'd love to hear it. Thanks as always, Brian. It's a bad apple. Oh, yeah, Kenny. It definitely is. Okay, Kenny. So let's um, break down the two things you wanted to talk about. First of all, um, I think Kenny meant the 12-inch MacBook, uh, which is fine because they're the last i think the 10 inch was the macbook pro or like the you know the the really small macbook pro with the yao ming and uh vern troyer tv commercial from way back in the day a that's a bummer b i'm not gonna i don't i haven't heard of a epidemic of macbook 12 inches dying and being returned am i gonna blame you for not getting apple care no you never know what's gonna happen quite honestly i've always purchased apple care and what I tend to find the reason why it helps in the long run, but again, that's a lot of money. I think it's like $349 for a laptop. Is that because I always buy Apple Care on my products when I've had to have service repairs on maybe things that nor maybe they wouldn't take it right away. I say, hey, look at my history. I've purchased Apple Care on everything you guys have. And they go, okay, fine. Like it, I'm just saying it helps you with goodwill. And it's not because they know I do tech coverage on Apple, but that has helped as well. I'm sorry. That is just absolute crap, and I, I haven't heard it being a widespread issue. I do talk about the lo- the level of quality of Apple's products in general and their quality control um, taking a step down, and I think it's just a fact, but I don't I don't know if it necessarily contributed specifically. Your computer is completely dying. 60 70% of that cost is a lot of money, so I only can just wish you well and give you a big bro hug. Uh, the, the comments you had about the Apple Watch and the AirPods, I'll tell you two things. AirPods, I've always said they're very, very good. I just know they can be very, very better. <laughs> a whole lot better. I, I can speak proper English. Just because they're super their biggest, biggest number one reason of why they're awesome is they're super convenient. They look ugly still. I stopped complaining about that. They're just super convenient to pop in. And quite honestly, for the most part, they work. But they can be a whole lot better. They can get to that, like, what I consider, like, an Apple level. They didn't get there with the AirPods 2, but maybe with the next-gen AirPods 3 or whatever they call them, they can get there. Um, The Apple Watch, the reason why I'm so super high on the Apple Watch Series 4, I think it's an amazing device across the board. Uh, I love the bigger screen, but I think even more specifically for the LT, if you're someone who's using the Apple Watch for cellular The main advantages are if you work out and you're on the go and you don't want to bring your phone with you at all, and that Apple Watch can be kind of that phone slash matches device slash fitness tracker slash whatever, that's where it really shines and you pop in wireless headphones and this is total first world 
yeah, this is amazing. And it is amazing. But if you have an Apple Watch, you probably have AirPods or wireless earbuds, which you do. You probably have an iPhone. And that's why I like it. But if you don't use, if you don't work out or you're the type of person that has to bring your phone with you all the time, then the Apple Watch is probably nice, but it's not like the best product ever. I just think that if you use it that way, it really opens a whole new world of versatility. And that's why I'm so high on it. And I think the design is amazing. The only thing that they need for me to make it the perfect product is a FaceTime camera because I want that Dick Tracy watch. I'm not gonna let that go because if I throw it out in the universe, I think it's gonna happen. All right, thanks for calling in, Kenny. Next up, we've got Avi. Hi, Brian. This is Avi from Santa Rosa, California. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the iPhone XR as well as the Apple Watch Series 4. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Did, I don't know about you, did Avi, were you, were you like just flushing a toilet? Like, was, was that a toilet or a sink or something? Okay, we'll get your call. I'm gonna play it again. Hi, Brian. This is Avi from Santa Rosa, California. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the iPhone XR as well as the Apple Watch Series 4. First of all, I traded my iPhone 8 in for the iPhone XR a couple months ago, and I'm extremely happy with the XR. And I'll tell you why. The XR lasts me a day and a half without charging if I really wanted to go that long. I still charge every night, but I don't have to. The battery is fantastic, and I have to give Apple kudos for that. That is definitely a good Apple. On the other hand, the Apple Watch Series 4 I run quite a bit every week, about 25 miles, and the Series 4, I think, would last me a day, if less than that, and I would have to charge it every night, and I really didn't want to do that after having the Apple Watch Series 2, and I'd have to charge sometimes even after a long run, which is disappointing, and sometimes it would actually die during my run, which is extremely disappointing. So although they tout this as a fitness watch, it really is not a fitness watch. On the other hand, my Garmin, which is not a touchscreen, I get it. It's not as classy as the Apple Watch, but it does last two weeks on a charge. And that is, even though I run sometimes 14, 15 miles on the weekend, I can still not charge it for two weeks. That saves a lot of time and a lot of energy. And if Apple really wants to become competitive in the fitness watch world, they probably have to make a better battery life watch. And that's very important to me and I think very important to a lot of people. Thank you, Brian. Any comments? would love to hear it. Congratulations again on your show. Thanks, Avi. Okay, fine. Uh, as I listen to that call more, it sounds like there's like some water or some fountain in the background and you're not flushing the toilet. So I take that back. I'm sorry, but it really did sound like in the beginning. Okay, now when I was listening to your voice your uh, voice memo, I actually, the first thing that I said right when you said 25 miles a week, I'm like, man, this guy should get a Garmin watch. And then you're like, I have a Garmin watch. I'm like, okay, you know, he's doing it right. I think, look, for your specific uses, yeah, maybe the Apple Watch isn't the best when it comes to battery life, but you kind of already got that unlocked when you got the Garmin watch. And, you know, I would say in general, and this, some people might get mad at me for saying this, but Typically, most real runners have a Garmin watch and not an Apple watch when they're doing their runs. I said it. I said it. And I'm not a real runner, so that's probably why. <laughs> that's probably why I have an Apple watch. All right, next up, we've got Will the Thrill. 
What's up, BT? This is Will V from New Jersey. I've been watching you for years. So glad I got to be on your platform. I am a former Apple employee. I just left the company after 11 and a half years. I was a specialist, creative. I was part of the one-to-one program. I was a genius technician for the last four years. I'm just excited to go on here and just talk to you. Apple employee to Apple employee. My question is regarding this keyboard program. Kind of messed up. Don't really like it because now the geniuses at the store have to repair them next day. And I know from my own experience, things can break, things can get messed up. Do you really think that the three to five day turnaround time that Apple gives is good enough or do you think this one day turnaround is going to be more problems thanks again for having me on your show you have a great day will v from new jersey you know what um i liked how you introduced yourself because it reminded me of being like hi i'm troy mcclure you might recognize me from such movies as and then the list goes on simpsons drop now a uh, disney property uh will i think that you know the one day turnaround is really aggressive but I think quite honestly, just knowing how hard the geniuses do work behind the scenes, whether it's a three to five day turnaround or a one day turnaround, I think it really comes down to a case by case basis of how they do this. I think it sounds nice that they, they're they striving for a one day turnaround, but I can guarantee you everyone that has to get their keyboard replaced is not always going to be a one day turnaround. And maybe it is specific to that crappy keyboard issue. But, um, you know, for someone like me, I've told you, I went I went through literally a one-month ordeal with my blown-out speakers and, you know, the, the assembly on the new MacBook Pros. Basically, everything is all built in that top. You have something wrong with it. You pretty much have to swap out almost the entire thing. Um, I think the one-day to three-to-five-day three to thing is, yeah, everyone would love to get anything they have repaired in one day, and that's the goal. But you don't always have to do that. And I think that you, the geniuses are working their butts off and they're not trying to screw with anyone. And so, you know, I'm okay with the policy. I just, of course I, I'm okay with the policy. I just don't know if it has to be one day every day. All right. Final call coming into us from Bo. Hey Brian, this is Bo from Arkansas. Uh, I'm a long time Apple fan. I've got Apple iPhones all the way back to the first one. Uh, right now I'm rocking the 10, watch series four and original AirPods. My first world problem is I really need a set of Apple glasses on my face <laughs> with like mission impossible heads up display, maybe even a camera on there. I think that would be totally awesome. I don't know what all they could do with it, but I would be really excited to hear something about that. So if you could possibly quickly wrap up any kind of leads that there might be about that or you think Apple might do it in the future or would it just be a big flop? Don't know. Curious to hear your opinion. Thank you. Love the show. All right, Bo. Thanks so much for calling. Okay, so I've said this quite a few times. I think that the best product that Apple has a chance to kind of quote unquote revolutionize or really do it right is a pair of Apple glasses. Now, these aren't even going to be for me, quite honestly. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to buy the first gen or well, I'll buy it to review it, but I'm not someone who wears glasses every day or who needs that, but Apple's clearly working on it. Tim Cook has not been shy about saying they're working on it. They've won multiple patents specifically for augmented reality, smart glasses. They've hired a lot of talent specifically in the AR VR space. So Apple's lining up for it. 
Tim Cook can't hold his excitement and in almost every press event talks about how excited they are about augmented reality. I think these glasses, if sleek, if sexy, and quite honestly, putting some sort of an operating system on it, I believe Bloomberg reported that internally it's called ROS, so they already have an OS for the glasses that they're working on. It could be it could be special because when you're always talking about where can they, what's their next thing, I'm just saying this could be it. You know, they've dropped the ball completely on the home assistant speaker space, and I think they can get better in that, but they're already just way too far behind to to make any kind of lasting impact or putting a flag in the ground that says, this is our vision, this is our idea, and this is why it's better than yours. They've kind of already lost that battle in that space, but could they do it with glasses right now as of today? Absolutely. We've seen what Magic Leap does. We see what HoloLens is doing. But I think those those platforms are way more powerful and for bigger experiences like doing surgery on someone. Um, and the form factor, if you see what they're doing, the form factor is is obviously getting smaller. It's taken like four or five years to get there. I don't think Apple's trying to do what they're trying to do. I think Apple's just trying to create a layer that you can that has access to all of your apps and information and data that goes that just overlays what you see. Nothing like we're not they're not trying to build crazy virtual worlds or virtual games with this anytime soon. They're trying to make it functional um, for everyday use, which is quite honestly what a lot of these other companies are. They're pushing to the limit. There the demos are like, oh, look at this great like Star Wars chessboard thing. I'm like, yeah, but am I gonna wear that every day to play? No. So I think Apple has a chance to make it simple for the consumer. I think the biggest barrier that Apple has, and I've said this for a while as well, Siri is their biggest roadblock right now. Until Siri gets completely blown up, built from scratch, they've hired the correct talent, John Gian Andrea and others from Google and others from the AI space. They've directly hired them to work on their new AI project. And I'm not talking about making Siri better. I'm talking about blowing Siri up and stripping it down and starting from scratch. And maybe it's never, it's not called Siri again. That's their biggest barrier to moving forward with voice as a UI um, for not only the home speaker, but for even glasses or for whatever it is, talking to your car, whatever that is, that's where uh, they really need to get ahead of. And until then, I will continue to say that Siri ain't all that. And I know people disagree with me, but I think if you use the other platforms, you're going to be like nodding your head like, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I told y'all. I told y'all. All right. Thank you so much again for being a part of this show. Remember, you can send in your voice memos to the Apple Bits show at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Love what you all are sending. That's going to really do it. But we also want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level. That is the $100 level. Thank you so much to Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatikar. Thank you so much. And if you guys want to continue to support the show, that's the way to do it. We're going to be back next week with more of all that Apple news, the good, the bad, and, you know, sometimes the ugly. So we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Be safe. Peace. Peace.